Walker Kessler gets just garbage time in the Team USA debut. Is he being wronged? And Spicy P, Pascal Siakam says, no go to an extension. Should the Jazz say no go to any chance on Spicy P? It's all coming up next on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. I apologize. The last two shows, we had an audio issue. We're using a new system. I I thought I said it, and it didn't, I guess. Um, I think I got it today, though. I just double-checked right now. I just double-checked again right now. I just triple-checked right now. It looks like all the meters are great. Should be working. Thought I'd done that last time. Knew about Friday. Don't know why Monday happened. My bad. Uh, Today's show, Walker Kessler gets just the final four minutes of garbage time. Is that what we should expect out of Walker on Team USA? And is he being wronged on that? Pascal Siakam lets it be known. No extension if I get traded. What does that do to the Jazz? Is it time for them to pivot to Zach Levine or some other target? We'll do a player breakdown on Ochai Abaji and Lowry Markinen before we finish it all up today. As I mentioned, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. To the everydayers, you're the best. We appreciate you so much. Please leave a five-star review on Spotify. Comments on Spotify now. Um, and as well, uh, on YouTube, subscribe, follow reviews are great each during the, if you're watching the video show or listening to the audio, I'll ask certain questions throughout the day. Please feel free to answer them in any of the comment sections or hit me on Twitter at DLock09. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in today's show brought to you in part by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So Walker Kessler plays just the first four minutes uh, or the final four minutes of the game. And the really interesting thing that happens in that game is that Paulo Boncaro plays the backup five. I didn't see that coming. Uh, It's pretty creative by Steve Kerr. It might be a good answer for the Magic, frankly, though I don't know if he could ever defend out of that position. Um, but boy, pretty good offensive player gets to, can move it, play it, spin it, do a lot of different things. So, and the way I had thought we were going to see it was a Jaron Jackson started. And then depending on what they wanted, Bobby Portis or Walker Kessler gets the back of five. You're now playing Paulo Boncaro on those minutes. There just aren't any left. Walker got the final four minutes. He played well. So there's a few different things here. One is, is this fair? And I think it is. I mean, if you look at Walker, he's, the youngest, least experienced player on that roster, probably with the least amount of accolades. Not that I think that really matters. Uh, and he's got a, he's important to the roster because, you know, when you're playing Jonas Valanciunas or maybe Nikola Vucevic or maybe Rudy Gobert, you might really need that player. And then he has a role. But I can, you know, Paulo Boncaro is the number one pick of the draft. Pretty bona fide scorer. If the USA is just trying to overwhelm with talent, that's probably the way to do it. Um does this change whether this is a good experience for Walker? And 
And the answer to me is no. This is still a great experience. It's international competition. It puts him on that landscape. He's on a run and practicing with the best players. The only thing that could be a little bit of a downside here is that if he doesn't play much and then they're playing a lot, there aren't a lot of runs, right? There aren't a lot of like guys going up and down and playing a lot because they're all trying to get ready for their games. And so therefore, you could just get a little stagnant. Um, and But I don't think, you know, he's, it's not like he needs to, I think, work himself into shape. Everything I've heard and talking to Austin, who's his personal workout guy, they've been going pretty hard. So at some point, you got to change that up. And this is a great change up to it. So to me, Still a really good experience. A bummer, because I think we'd all kind of, at least we're also optimistic about Walker, and I just kind of had hope that he'd just be good enough that he just kind of earned himself 15 minutes, even though he was the least experienced guy in the roster. And then watching that Puerto Rico game was kind of this, like, rude reminder. Like, oh, yeah, that, like, totally makes sense. Nobody else in the world's going to think there's anything to the fact that it's strange that Walker played only the final four minutes. And so, to me, but it doesn't change. It's a bummer. I don't think he's being wronged, but it, it does it doesn't change, I think, the value of being with the best players in the world in this international competition, expanding and believing in yourself a little bit. So still very positive uh for Walker. The big news of the day of the NBA is the is was a report that Pascal Siakam will not sign an extension with whomever trades for him. Now, the hottest rumor is that Atlanta has made an offer of DeAndre Hunter, uh AJ Griffin and draft compensation for Siakam in Toronto hasn't fit. I don't know what Toronto's doing. That's there's an interesting thing here that hasn't been talked about a lot. It's like what what's Toronto up to? Um, they kind of have this roster sitting there. Siakam not willing to sign an extension. This is where things get so hard for the Utah Jazz. Like you just can't give up a lot of compensation if you think that if you suddenly think that you can't re-sign. Uh, Pascal Siakam. And this is where things get super hard for the Utah Jazz anyway, just that you're not a free agent market. You're not a destination market. We, we can all love it here all we want, but those are truthful things. And so when you're suddenly trying to go get a guy in a trade and contracts are shorter than they've ever been, trading for some star who only has a year or two on the deal is probably where the Jazz are going to have to make a play and then have to hopefully – the player decides to play, but it could all fall apart really fast. The Jazz would have to get to 17 million to trade for Siakam. And so you're piecing together something in the line of, you know, Sexton, Olenek, Tucker. Um, and then I don't know if you can have to, would have to do some, you know, what's your what's your piece that they really want? Do they they suddenly want an Ochai Abaji? Do they suddenly want one of our first round picks this year? Um, and then how what type of draft compensation? And you do that. For a guy who's really, really good, and I do, I'm, I'm intrigued by, you know, John Collins, Pascal Siakam, and Lowry Market gets a little weird, um, but you still, you don't, John acquiring John Collins does not prevent you from going to get better players. You just deal with it. Um, but I would, and I, but I, you know, again, then the risk is like, okay, but we could lose him in a year, and this is just, it's just, this is where it's so hard to build a championship caliber team in a market that's not. LA, Miami, New York. And, and frankly, that's about it, right? Like, or Chicago, I guess. Um, but that's about it. Like for this whole large market, small marketing, the amount of teams that are in this league that can actually trade for, get a player, Boston probably has worked its way into that status where they can get a player and then really feel pretty comfortable that no matter what, they're going to want to stay here. This is a desirable city, a desirable franchise. 
we've got a desirable franchise. We do things right. We treat players great. I've talked to people around the league this week, uh, this year, excuse me, this summer about like what do the Jazz do well compared to other teams? And, you know, player services is on the top of the list. There's a group of people that um, in the department, I don't know if I can say uh, their name, is two or three women that run it and then some other people involved who are just remarkable at player services. Remarkable of what the Jazz do with player services. The Jazz food led by Anthony is elite. So your player experience when you come to Utah is one that makes you, and then the city's manageable and easy to get around, right? We And then we know the drawbacks. Like there's just not a lot of nightlife. There's not a lot of diversity. If you're 25 years old, like, eh, maybe you want to be somewhere else. Family, it's pretty good. Trevor Booker loved it, right? We've got it all. We, we don't need to rehash this. But that's the challenge that the Jazz have here and the question really has to be, would you risk trading for Pascal Siakam without an extension? And th- these are the big decisions the Jazz have to make of whether or not, you know, I, and I, Pascal Siakam's interesting because he's available. You also have to decide whether Pascal Siakam is the right player for the Utah Jazz. The question now is, do you pivot? Do you pivot your attention to Zach Levine? And we'll discuss that as we continue today on Locked on Jazz on this uh, off-season edition. Glad to be with you. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Hyundai car, absolutely terrific. We own two of the Santa Fe's. Uh, my son and my daughter both have a Santa Fe. Drive them, love them, fabulous. I got the Ionic 5, which was the Motor Trend car of the year, and I'm yearning for the Ionic 6, if I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, it is so gorgeous and was named the car of the year on the electric end of things. Great deals going on right now. That SUV lineup from the Kona all the way up to the Palisade is just fabulous. And the electric cars, the 5 and the 6, terrific, plus the Sonata and the Elantra. Great lineup of cars, plus you get the Murdoch guarantee of no regrets. It's the perfect combination. If you're going to head over there, please email me first, though, at dlock 9 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com so I can get you the VIP experience. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On. FanDuel.com slash Locked On football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long because right now when you bet a Super Bowl winner, you get a bonus bet every time they win in the regular season. So just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com sportsbook. Also with all sorts of great NBA prop bets for you uh, to jump on right now. Uh, They've got all the NBA props. They've got the win totals up. We'll look at those coming up. MVP, to win the MVP, Nikola Jokic is plus 430. Giannis plus 500. Luka plus 650. Embiid plus 700. Tatum plus 800. And Durant plus 1400. If you want the defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson plus 500. Mobley plus 700. Giannis plus 800. Anthony Davis plus 1000. Rudy Gobert plus 1400. Are you willing to suddenly go put it on Walker Kessler there? Most improved player, Mikel Bridges, Cade Cunningham, Tyrese Maxey, Alfred Sengun, Scotty Barnes, and Austin Reeves are the leaders. Uh, Sixth man award they have as well, and NBA coach of the year as well. All available for you at fanduel.com slash locked on. Thanks so much for making Locked On your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting 
apps also available on YouTube. Thanks for answering the questions, participating in the show via any of the various chats and five-star reviews are greatly appreciated. I was on Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd is doing his preview series. We had a really good basketball conversation in the midst of a jazz conversation. Some really interesting things about Ochai Abaji, who we're going to dig into a little bit later in the program uh, today of like, what is his future? Where does he go? Um, Josh sounded like he wasn't that high on then kind of rectified what he was saying. Just a really good conversation. Um, some interesting conversation about who plays for the jazz, what their rotation is. Um, be interesting to see how this all, all plays out. Cause there's a lot of questions about this team that have people really interested. So should the jazz pivot? And I don't even know that they actually, let's say this is kind of a, maybe a false premise on the question, their attention to Zach Levine. Zach Levine has been rumored to be available all year long with Chicago. Zach Levine makes 40 million a year. And I believe has three years left on his deal um, for the jazz to go get Zach Levine. It's, it's 40 million. You, you know, you're trying to match some contract numbers. The jazz have, I think about have seven they can play with. So you've got Collins at 25 Clarkson who can't be traded for a while at 23 Sexton at 17, Olenek at 12 Tucker at 11. It's kind of your big numbers. And then you got your draft picks, which are smaller numbers that are players. They actually may want, um, you know, the feeling out there is that Boston, well, first of all, Chicago is just stuck and has not done anything in the offseason to change who they are, has lost Lonzo Ball maybe forever, sadly, um, and certainly has now suddenly got themselves in a pickle where they've got to do something to change their roster. Levine's on for 40 this year, 43 next year, 45 the year after that, and then 48 as a player option in 26, 27. Um, Levine's as athletic and talented as just about any player in the NBA, there are always are questions about, you know, is he a winner? What's his environment? You know, things of that nature on Zach, which may be fair, may not. He's, I mean, he's a two-time all-star at 6'5", 200, who's just got massive skills. He's a 38% three-point shooter, puts up 24 to 25 a night, pretty bona fide big-time player. And with three years left on the deal, maybe that's a better option for the Utah Jazz than what we've been talking about because of the fact you got three years of them. You know, if you trade for Zach Levine, you got three years. Where if you know you trade for the likes of Pascal Siakam, you, you don't know. The other one on Levine that's interesting to me, does Levine make us like a title contender? No. Does Levine make us better? Yes. What I actually think is interesting on Levine is Levine's three years to me is a really good trade piece for the future. So if like another player were to become available and you're trading Zach Levine for that higher end player, along with a bunch of draft compensation that we've acquired, that to me is a better trade for another team than the cadre of gaggle of players you might put into a package together. So I actually think you improve your asset base if you go get Zach Levine and if he works out, you keep him. But if he doesn't, he's a trade chip that with still two years left on his deal, it's a big number, but you're wanting to bring, if you're trying to go get one of the big fish, you're trying to get big fish with a deal and you're trading an all-star back to him. You know, you can go try to trade. At least you get right. There's something where other off front offices need to get something. So Zach Levine is interesting to me. I don't know. I love the contract. I love the scoring. I love the athleticism. I love the offensive prowess. The defense has always been a bit questioned. The commitment to winning has been a bugaboo that I always think is weird when you put it on a player when they're not on a great franchise, but it's on him. 
whether or not it's fair or not, I think is super questionable on just about any of these players. And I, but I do think is a really interesting prospect for the Jazz in a franchise with Chicago that needs to do something. Needs to at least head in some direction. Right now they're kind of stuck in the middle. All right, let's go look at Ochai Abaji through B-Ball Index. Um, they are uh, B-Ball Index guys do this great work. And so we've I've really enjoyed it. And I found this to be a kind of a fun way for us to, to look at players and get the breakdown. And I'll share it on my screen. Uh, for you, so hopefully you can see it. So here's Ochai Abaji. His superpowers are a corner specialist and a needle threader. That's interesting. I don't know exactly what a needle threader is, and it isn't a skill that I would think that goes to Ochai. They call him an off-ball wing. His big grades are B in three-point shooting and A-minus for perimeter isolation defense, which is great to see. Though interesting, he got an F in defensive impact, which is weird. A B plus an offensive impact at B minus and finishing. Let's dig deeper in what B ball index had on them. Um, overall, the usage rate is down 33rd percentile. This is kind of what his value is in a lot of ways to the Jazz. He's on the ball just 15% of the time with, with what we talked about earlier this week for the everydayers who joined us. Sexton, Taylor Horton Tucker, Clarkson are huge percentage on ball players. So to have a non on ball player who only needs 23 touches a game. Really, really a valuable little piece of the puzzle for the Jazz. His three-point shooting, he got a B-minus. His pull-up is a D-plus. His catch-and-shoot was a B-minus. Remember, the Jazz really pushed him last year beyond and kind of gave, and he started taking less good shots and his percentages dropped. This one's really interesting. So corner three last year, he's in the 81st percentile, but above the break, he's in the 35th. This will be a telling thing to watch this year. When he's just kind of got his feet set, he's playing, he might put the bounce, probably not playing with quite the burden of usage. It'll be interesting to see if he can improve the above-the-break three-point shooting. Um, his shot is not particularly always natural, so it's interesting. His catch-and-shoot is 85%. His pull-up ratio is 15%, and he takes corner threes 42% of the time. His shot quality was great, A-minus in shot quality, so the Jazz did a good job of getting him um, open looks in his perimeter shooting overall was his isolation game just doesn't exist. His isolation uh, per 75 possessions was an F. Um, his isolation turnover rate was good because he just didn't do it. He did draw some fouls. Finishing, this is an interesting next step for Ochai. Drives per 75 possessions just to see. So Ochai's really right now just a catch and shoot guy from the corner. That's kind of statistically what they say he is. And the question then gets to be, you know, where what's he doing next? Um, what's the next level of where he's going to be? The question I asked for you on YouTube as well as on Twitter or any, what do you think Ochai's most likely outcome as a player is? If you're reading that, where do you think he goes? Does he become a bona fide starter? Is he an eighth player on a rotation? Is he just a defensive corner three specialist? Um, do you think he has another step in his game? Uh, field goal percentage of the rim was a C. Rookies, that's not surprising. Overall finishing a B minus drive pass out rate C also. So just not a lot of dribble drive game, not a lot of pass out game yet. Th corner three shooting is where he's been at his best and off ball movement. He gets a bunch of a grades as well. His playmaking assist for 75, a D um, passing creation uh, volume is a D is efficient. He doesn't turn it over his efficiencies and a playmaking talents is C plus. So that's the next step and really going to determine who he is as a player of where he goes in that. Let's go to the rebounding. Um, Average defensive, re offensive rebounding, and Fs across the board on defensive rebounding. That is an area where if he's going to play, you've got to have good rebounding out of your guards uh, here. Defensive matchups, 
We've talked a lot about this through B-Ball Index. Such a great, fun site on this. Um, and the way I like to look at it is this tier thing. And this is incredible. So he guards the tier one guy 79% of the time, tier two, 83% of the time, tier or, or percentile, 79th percentile, 83rd percentile, and 61st percentile. This is great. This is exactly what you know you want out of Ochai. And this is where he's so terrific. So these numbers by B-Ball Index really show a pretty good, you know, hey, he's guarding a point guard 70% of the time. He's guarding a shooting guard 80% of the time. He's a, let's look at his perimeter defense here in a second. And then offensively, I think was really honest about, you know, what he is or isn't. Here's his perimeter defense, on-ball perimeter defense at A-. minus, um, Loose ball recovery rate, pickpocket, not a lot of steals, passing lanes, not making an impact there. Good on three-point contest, good on off-ball chasing, good on screen navigation. So really a lot of strong signs, not forcing turnovers, just playing positional defense, D-minus in deflections. Uh, maybe that's the next step for him to be a little bit more impactful rather than positional. His overall player uh, grades, LeBron had him as a C-minus, as a B-plus offensively and an F defensively, which I just think is weird. I'm not quite sure why, but this shows up again on real plus-minus. And then Raptor had him as a D-minus, and then Luck had him as a D. So my only thought on this is because it's lack of steals and lack of uh, defensive counting stats is what's causing that when you see on the other side that he has the perimeter uh, numbers that are pretty good. So uh, a really good B-ball index kind of nails it again. Really, really good breakdown. And Ochai, that leads to the question on, you know, where do you think Ochai goes next? What do you think the number is for Ochai um, as a player? And do you think he becomes a bona fide starter or do you think he becomes a rotation player for the Utah Jazz? The positives on Ochai, obviously a human being is through the roof. Commitment to excellence is through the roof. Body's amazing. Athleticism's elite. Size is terrific. And, and teammate, kind of working with teammates is unbelievable. Those things all have to ha are there to allow him to now make the next steps. It'll be really interesting to see. Let's have some fun next and look at Lowry on B-Ball Index and how good he is and try to figure out which things can exceed his performance from last year or which things uh, might be a little hard for him to over uh, to match again. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen. As I mentioned, Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. He started his previews. It's kind of a must listen for me as a uh, to grab the uh, previews to every season, every team, and everything all year long. He does. I love those features. Uh, they're kind of golden for me to get caught up on every team and what's going on uh, in one simple 30 minutes, but also just good fun. Listen, we had a good time on the Jazz. Be interested to hear your thoughts. All right, let's go have some fun. Let's talk about our best player. Uh, and what he did last year and all of his skills and the greatness that is Lowry Markkinen. We'll share that screen with you again if you're joining us on YouTube. He is a, his superpowers are catch and shoot, dead eye shooting, defensive rebounding, rim protection, put back boss, a closer, and a transition player. Three-point shooting A+, plus, finishing A+, plus, playmaking uh, B-, minus, perimeter B, offensive rebound A, defensive rebounding A, offensive impact A+, plus, defensive impact C-, minus, but through the roof, brilliant year. Uh, last year for for Lowry Markin. It's great to see all these numbers recognizing it. His usage rate in the 92nd percentile. He's on the ball about 51% of the time, which is interesting. His touches are high. It means the Jazz ran their offense, got him the ball, did a nice job uh, with all of that. His perimeter shooting, A minus. Above the break was a B. Corner threes were an A minus. Jazz using their primary offensive player and still getting him corner threes, which is pretty impressive. Um, pull up three point shooting percentage, just 29.6%. This is kind of a next step for him. Catch and shoot is unbelievable and he doesn't have to be open to get it. And he gets it. His shot quality was an F 
last year while he was just that good at seven feet tall with that shooting range is just awesome uh, to get that to get him there's openness rating was an f he doesn't need to be open which is what makes him so amazing uh if he can add a little off the bounce three he takes a massive step uh along the way shot making a plus shot creation b i mean he just is creating looks there let's go to his finishing he drives at B minus at 63% of the time, so just not a huge amount. Total shots at the rim, B, which is good because he's playing both sides. Shot rim creation, he gets A minus, does not pass out much. That's going to be a next step for him along the way. Um, drive foul rate was high in the A minus rate. Finishing at the rim, A minus as he's 7-1 and finishing talent, A plus. I mean, we see the little, so little tiny things like the question I have for you on YouTube or on Twitter is will Lowry match or exceed last year's performance? Um, the the things that make him exceed it, an off the bounce three, a little passing out on drives. We'll look at some of his isolation numbers here in a second. Off ball movement, he's elite. This is what uh, Will Hardy unleashed in him last year. He's got A's across the board. His playmaking, he's a D plus for assists. He's a D-plus for passer creation volume. He's a C-plus on passer versatility. So this will be his scoring gravity is an A-plus. So he has the opportunity here to now start creating some opportunities um, for his teammates that he hadn't had before. Um, let's see. Do I have – there's one other thing I was looking for here. Um, isolation back up here, one-on-one. -on -one. Isolation, he gets a B. Um, C plus on his shooting foul drawing is a C and his turnover rates high for an F. This is the really important area for Lowry marketing to improve. Um, you know, he is, he, if he can add some isolation game, not turning it over as much high dribbles hard at seven, one, this is not an easy thing to do. Kevin Durant doesn't do a lot of multi dribble possessions at seven, one. Uh, rebounding on the offensive end, he gets an A minus. On the defensive end, he gets an A. Just so good. Just such a valuable player. Can play in so many different positions. Um, his defense was not particularly great according to the numbers last year, not in the passing lanes. We didn't force a lot of turnovers. We got pretty um, positional once we had Walker playing. Uh, defensive matchups, uh, the Jazz had him kind of mostly guarding a tier three player, but he actually had a lot of time on top tier players too. 71, 73rd percentile just because there are wings and he's 7-1. He's pretty good at that. His uh, rim defensive field goal percentage versus expected is an A+. plus. So he's one of the best rim defenders. 12.3% is huge. This is the number we looked at with Rudy for all those years. Point saved. I love this number that they've created. This was what I was always trying to figure out with Rudy. Measure of points saved on shots by the rim by defender based off their ability to contest is that uh, 1.3 points saved per game by Lowry Markkinen. Um, at the rim. So one of the best rim protectors. This is why I think he should play center for us some of the time. Uh, and also pretty interesting. If you can play Hendricks and Markin and be at that athletic with both those guys, A's across the board on everything for, for LeBron and real plus mine. I mean, this guy was a bona fide stud last year. Efficiency A's across the board, uh, player productivity A's across the board. What an incredible year for Lowry Markin and last year and no real reason that any of that should change. The question is, can he make the jump? And as we saw here from B-Ball Index, the jump comes on pull-up three-point shooting, passing to create things for teammates, and lack of turnovers on isolation drive game. And if he can kind of suddenly improve those areas of his game, he becomes even a better player uh, than he already has been for the Utah Jazz. And that would be the big, big, massive next step uh, for Lowry.
So interesting look at both Ochai and Lowry today for you here on Locked on Jazz. Uh, we will continue this series. We'll look at John Collins. We'll look at Walker Kessler. We'll look at Kelly Olenek uh, coming up on, uh, I'll try to get, I'm going to try to get out tomorrow. I'm trying to do kind of a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think we're doing three days a week right now. And I got to get the interview series going. I'm going to reach out to, to Sarah and reach out to Dan Clayton and reach out to uh, Tony Jones and reach out to Andy Larson, who's done a bunch of stuff with Leaf. Maybe I'll just have Leaf on um, and and talk to them about where they think the Jazz are for the interview series. Thurl Bailey. I had Ron Boone over for dinner last night. Uh, he's doing great. Uh, so just an update on that. Ron's doing terrific uh, and good on that. What other notes do they have? Go listen to Fantasy Basketball. I'll put a link up here for you right now. Uh, Trey Burke, Juan Toscana, Anderson, tr- both working out with the Warriors in an open, th- uh, in an open camp right now. Still crickets on the Kawhi Leonard end of things. I'm convinced this turns into something before the end of the offseason. The fact that they're not sending out that extension, unless they're going to wait till Paul George is eligible and do them both, uh, keep an eye on it. I think there's something. Keep an eye on that. All right. Have a great one. Thanks very much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate you. Thanks for those who kind of mentioned that we had the audio problem. Um, My bad. And I super appreciate you always mention it to me uh, so I can get on it. I think we got it right today. I'll check. I'm checking again right now. It's too late. It still looks good. Still looks like it should be on where it is. Hope you're great. Thanks very much for being a part of Locked on Jazz. Enjoy the day. See you.